And it is Jesus who makes this a glorious day. Welcome to this morning's broadcast. We are so glad you could join us. As Christians, we are obligated to share the gospel. Is this your consistent focus? And now with our message is our own Pastor Robert Elliott. Share the gospel. Give the gospel. If we do it voluntarily, we can have a reward. But if it's against our will, we share the gospel anyway. We have to remember that it is a stewardship, an entrustment, an obligation. What then would be our reward? Paul says, what then is my reward? That when I have preached the gospel, I may offer the gospel without charge so as not to make full use of my right to the gospel. He is saying, as an apostle, I have the right for you to pay me to give the gospel to support me in my family's needs. He was single. He says, I'm not going to call in that obligation on your part. I am going to give the gospel voluntarily with the reward that I can give the gospel without asking money from the people I'm giving the gospel to. Put some television preaching in the Bahamas through that grid. That I could preach the gospel without asking for money to preach the gospel. Paul said, I'm under obligation. Paul was like a hound dog on the son of a deer. Paul was like a protective mother on a mean child who's bothering her boy in the park. Paul was like a foul throw shooter tied in a basketball game with two seconds left. Paul was intense. Paul was singularly focused on his life's calling, which was to win Gentiles to Jesus Christ and to Christ's salvation. And for Paul, really caring for people was to discharge that obligation, to give the gospel to the Gentiles who were lost. And so he was eager and not reluctant to do that. He was poised and not distracted. He was prepared and not disorganized. He was planning to get the job done and not hanging on to stay where he was because he was comfortable there. He was pushing ahead and not lagging behind the Holy Spirit because he saw himself under obligation to give the gospel to lost Gentiles. Do you see yourself having an obligation? Paul was intensely focused on his obligation to preach to the Gentiles and to lead them to Christ in the power of the Holy Spirit. And so what are you intensely focused on? What am I intensely focused on? It's easy to find out what you're intensely focused on. What do you think about most often when you're free to think about anything? When you're in the shower or in the bathtub, relaxing, you're free to think about anything. What do you often think about? That's what you're focused on. When you're driving on New Providence, you're praying with your eyes open to begin with. But when you're free to think about anything you can with the radio off, what do you think about? Money? Your health? Your children? Grandchildren? Your to-do list? Whatever we let our minds turn to and think on is what we're intently focused on. Paul was intently focused on the lost Gentiles. What are we intensely focused on? Do we see sharing the gospel as a joyous obligation. Makes me think of the poem, Somebody. 
This is a little story about four people named everybody, somebody, anybody, and nobody. There was an important job to be done, and everybody was sure that somebody would do it. Anybody could have done it, but nobody did it. Somebody got angry about that because it was everybody's job. Everybody thought that anybody could do it, but nobody realized that everybody wouldn't do it. It ended up that everybody blamed somebody when nobody did what anybody could have done. If you know Christ as Savior, you are prepared to share the gospel. You don't have to have the gift of evangelism. You don't have to go to Bible college, teleos, seminary. Don't have to come from a Christian home. If you know how to get saved, you know how to share your faith. Share it. When I go to a restaurant, but in my wallet, I've shown you before, in the center section is my business card, who I am, Facebook, Twitter, phone number, email. But on the back of every business card is the bad news, good news, gospel presentation. And I give that card away a lot. Every time I eat in a restaurant, when someone pumps my gas, gave one to some Haitian men that were working at the parsonage yesterday in Creole. There's tracks available in Creole. And what I often do when I give the tract business card to someone, I look them in the eye and I smile and I say, I'm Pastor Rob Elliott, Calvary Bible Church. And if I can ever help you or your family, I will do my best. Thanks, Pastor Rob, for your message today. And now, today's ministry spotlight. Well, good morning. We're in the radio studio this morning with our wonderful youth pastor, Nicholas Rogers. Good morning, Pastor. Good morning, Pastor Elliot, and good morning, listeners. We are going to have a ministry spotlight this morning, and the youth ministries here at Calvary Bible Church come under the banner or the name of Ignition. Where did you get that name, Ignition, for youth ministry? Um, Ignition um, came about, and that was actually before I came on staff, but Ignition came about because we wanted to ignite the world for Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. That's exciting. So tell us about the age span for our Ignition Youth Ministry. Our age span is grades 7 to 12, um, but we also have some student leaders in our youth group at this present time that are trained to be leaders as well. Wonderful. So they've been trained to to do some leadership of their peers. Yes. Wonderful. So when in the week do the students or uh, the youth of our church congregate? What what Uh, days of the week? Friday at 7 o'clock, 7 to 9.30 here at Calvary Bible Church. And we just have a great time of fun fellowship and uh, also food. Which is, you know, any, everybody wants to eat. Oh, boy, those uh, young people have hollow legs. Some of them, they can really eat a lot of food. I know my son can. Um, so that's on Friday nights. And then what's another time that youth get together in our ministry? Um, well, we have, like I said earlier, we have an Awana program where um, people can come in. Um, that goes from actually the ages of... Um, five to straight up to 18. So that's on Tuesday nights. That's on Tuesday nights. And then g- going back to the junior and senior highs youth. We uh, have Sunday school as well on Sundays at 930 where they can come and um, we teach them on a Sunday mornings at 930 to 1030. 
Great. And we have an 8 a.m. worship service of a contemporary style, 8 to 9. And then uh, we have Sunday school for all ages, including youth, 9.30 to 10.30. And then we have at 11 a.m. till about 12.30 noon, we have a traditional styled uh, worship service. So there's a lot of different choices. Um, if we were trying to say what is the same between Friday nights and Sunday mornings versus what is different between Friday nights and Sunday mornings, what would you say? Um, the Friday nights are different in the way that we have more worship um, and, and music on a, on a Friday night um, than a Sunday morning because it's not as many times. But also on a Friday night, we have what we call small groups, which can be like discipleship groups where teens can come in their different age groups and just discuss different issues um, that go along with the messages on, on Friday nights. And um, this past year, we've been looking at Jesus and just um, just different um, things with Jesus and loving others, Jesus and relationships. Um, and just these are things that teens are struggling with that sometimes they don't see where the Bible relates to the day. But we must remember that the Bible, um, no matter how old it gets, is still the number one bestseller because it relates to any time and any walk of life. Yes, it does. The Bible's amazing. And Sunday school is more of just a, a teaching time. Um, and But like I said, on Friday nights, we also have games and different things. We have basketball rims set up, um, volleyball, we have ping pong. To, you know, we have all these different things that they can come out to enjoy. Right. And you don't do these Friday night or Sunday morning ministries all by yourself? No. Um, we have a great team of, of youth leaders, and a uh, majority of them are under the age of 30. Uh, we do have some older ones, but it's great to have these guys and girls who have been through our youth ministry and now are leading. And that's what we like to see here at Carabao Bible Church, discipleship in action. Right, to put into practice what yeah. they've learned as, at a younger age. Um, do we have different local churches represented on a Friday night? Do youth come from differing churches? Yes, we have um, kids that come from all churches, all schools. Uh, we don't just say, well, we want Calvary kids. No, it's all different schools and churches that, are, are, that come together. Um, I would say the majority, um, probably about 60% come from Calvary Bible Church, and about 40% don't come from Calvary Bible Church on a normal basis. Very good. I know there are a lot of interesting and exciting things that God is doing in Ignition Youth Ministry, but if I were to ask you and put you on the spot this morning, what is the most exciting thing you think of right now that God is doing in Ignition with young people? What would you say? Um, one of the most exciting things I would say is that we are seeing some growth in some of our teens. Um, we have a lot of negativity about youth today, but we have seen some growth. Um, some teens are stepping up, and um, you know a lot of, and especially some of our young men are stepping up because, again, the negativity that we hear around our island is the youth are doing nothing. The youth are the problem. But I think that we need to recognize that we can learn a lot from our youth because our youth can teach us a lot on what things are about. Because I think as we get older. We already have preconceived um, notions about different things, but youth, you know, their minds are open to different things, and they want to teach others the truth about God's Word. Yes. What would you help us to know about the summer? Does youth ministry carry on here at our church in the summer months? Yes, we don't close during the summer. There may be one or two um, different Friday nights that we are closed just because we are doing other ministry. We have taken our teens to different camps and other things that are, are going on. Um, but for the most part, we don't close during the summer because we feel like we want to give our youth somewhere to hang out. Um, our summers aren't as structured as our normal Friday nights. 
but it's still a time of fun and, and just to come together and just to fellowship together with other young people. I think that's great. Anything else you'd like to share with the listeners this morning about our youth ministry, grades 7 through 12? Um, like I said earlier, um, we're, we're a church that basically uh, we will, you know, it doesn't matter what school you go to. Um, we would like to have our youth group as a, a, a group that anyone can feel welcome. You know, we don't want someone to come in and don't feel the love of Christ. And it's something that we teach our youth from day one, that we want them to, this to be a place of love. And they feel accepted. Right. And of course, align, in alignment with all of the ministry of Calvary Bible Churches, we want to introduce people to Jesus Christ, to, that they would know him by faith as Lord and Savior, and then to grow up into the full stature of Christ once they have been saved. Well, thank you so much for being in the studio with me this morning. Uh, no problem, and it's been my pleasure. Well, I can assure you that it is my pleasure as the senior pastor teacher of the church to see you and your wife, Tamson, and all of your uh, partners in youth ministry doing such an excellent job. Uh, we thank God for all of you. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for the opportunity we have in the Bahamas to present the wonders and the, the beauties of Jesus Christ to young people people that have so much potential to do uh, good and to bring glory to your name, Father. We pray that our youth ministries will continue to flourish as we do them in the power of the Spirit and for the glory of yourself, Lord. And we pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. And now, today's personal God story. Well, good morning. I have the Simonettes with me in the studio. Good morning, DeWitt and Sally. Good morning. Good. It's good to continue your story that we've been uh, broadcasting for the last two Sundays. And a quick recap is you you married, uh, you had troubles in your marriage, uh, you went to a court, and the court granted you something other than a divorce, but nonetheless uh, legal freedom to remarry if you so wished. Uh, we just were getting the part of your story that that God had brought other people into your life after the court issued that permission. And uh, Sally, you were saying that when you married, you had hoped it would be better, but it wasn't. Yes. Uh, what was what was it like for you in your marriage? When I, when I got married, yes. like I said, I thought it was going to be better, but it was worse. Um, but he was from Abaco. Mm -hmm. And I used to go out there, travel tra tra sometimes, mm -hmm. traveling up and down from, and then um, he, he decided he wanted to get married to me, and I just, I said, no, I don't think I want to, you know, because I was going to be married. Mm -hmm. But he said, well, you're not together with him, so you could probably try it. So he went to the States a little, and I stayed in, in Nassau, and then he came over once, from the States, and he decided that we would get married. We did get married. And, um, but you know, the wife is the last to know what's going on with the husband. Mm -hmm. So then I found out he had another woman with three children. Oh, boy. And I, and I only had the one for him. So that made my life miserable. Mm -hmm. But we still, I still said together, and I was talking to the pastors here before, before you, and I said, well, you're the Christians, and you married a non-Christian, which you shouldn't have done. Yes. So you, you, you have to, have to um, be the head one in the house to pray and ask the Lord to work it out. Well, I did. I, I, I stood it all through until, I can't remember many years, but um, my, my last time, I think, was about 
30 some years or something like that. Okay. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And um, he got sick. And I took care of him. Yes. I took care of him to my best ability. Although I was mad. I been, when I say mad, I was very hurt. But I was still taking care of him. And um, so then I said to him, I said, uh, you know, it's not going to work because you have another woman with three children and I only have one for you. I said, I'm unhappy. Yes. I'm very unhappy. So I said, but I would like for you to leave. And I put his clothes out twice, but he just wouldn't go. So I, he decided to stay, but the Lord, I prayed to the Lord and asked the Lord to work it out for me. Yes. Because I was trying to work it on my own and I couldn't, and it won't work. So God worked it out and he took sick. And I can't remember how long he was sick, but only about, it might have been about six months mm -hmm. or to, to a year. He took sick and I took care of him. And uh, before he died, the week before he died, I led him to Christ. Praise the Lord. And I, that was my happiest days of my life. Oh, yes. And um, like I'm standing, sitting before you, I said, he said to me, he said, thank you for taking care of me. I said, it's not me, it's only God that's helping me to do it. Mm -hmm. So he said, thank you. And he said, forgive me for all the wrong that I've done to you. Mm. So I said, yes, I forgive you. If I didn't forgive you, I wouldn't be taking care of you. <laughs> right. I said, because it's only God that can help, you know. So he asked forgiveness. And um, the, week, the week after that, he died. Wow, that's and something. The week after that, he died. So he had been... Uh, unfaithful for unfaithful all those years. Unfaithful to you. For all those years, he, he had been unfaithful. He had kept a big secret from yes. you. All those years. And it hurt you very much. Very, very badly. Yes. And I, I mean, I, you know, I could put up with someone and probably drinking and smoking, but when it comes to that, I'm, I, was too, I was too devastated. Oh, so. that is devastating. Yes, yes. And the sad thing is so many married women uh, in our country... Uh, uh, deal with that wound. Uh, suffering every day. Suffering every day because of unfaithful unfaithfulness. 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 Uh, yes. And if you don't know the Lord, I tell you, you really can't make it. You know, no. It's only the Lord. And I talked to Pastor Lee and I said to, uh, <clears throat> to Pastor Lee and he, Pastor Lee consulted me. He said, um, you hang in this, Sister Sally, I know you're going to do it. You're going to do it. You hang right in there. And with yep. the Lord's help, you did. And I did. And with the Lord's help, you forgave. I forgave him. the man, yes. uh, even though he didn't ask you for it at first. And because you forgave. had forgiven him with yes. with God's love, yes, you cared for him when he was dying. Yes, and that what a beautiful ending that yes. before he went, yes. you led him to saving faith in Christ. Yes. And any listeners that are out there struggling with forgiveness of others, remember, you need to know you're forgiven by God first. Yes before you have any hope of forgiving anybody else, yes. to know Jesus Christ personally as your Savior yeah. by faith in Him alone. Yeah. And uh, thank you for saying that, Sally, and telling yeah. us. And so he, he went to be with the Lord. Yes. He was a new Christian, but yeah, he went to Christian, be with yeah. the Lord. Yeah. Isn't that something? Yeah. Uh, Duet, yes. tell me, um, God uh, allowed another person to come into your life after that court order, and uh, tell us what happened there. You eventually got married. Yes. Oh, so, you know, um, I'm going to say this. Um, regardless to how many times a person can be married or married, there's one person in the heart of that person, which is mine, or her mind is always on. Mm. But what I would like is, which, which that person was always her. 
But what I've learned is that uh, love is something can grow. If someone, you meet someone, if they treat you kind and nice to you, you know, eventually you will uh, uh, you feel some love for them too. Uh-huh. But it's not like the original one, which, uh, which, was, which, which was there. You know? So um, I was glad that uh, when I knew that I didn't have to run anymore, uh-huh. I mean, I, I'm a good runner faster <laughs> because, uh-huh. uh, you, know, I, you know, like I said some time ago, when I've asked and I beg so many times, you turn me down. <laughs> I say, well, no, 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 I'm not going to, uh, no, no, no. If anything, it's going to be a lot of it right about. So, uh-huh, yeah. So, uh, no, we can sit down, we can talk. It, it, it's, uh, it's an experience. It's, uh, um, you know, we were both young. And um, if I had, if I had, the, if I had nine percent of the knowledge which I have now, um, she wouldn't have gotten away. Right, you but, would have run toward her instead of away. Well, no. What I'm saying is, I wouldn't mind her talking, in spite of she's she's three years older than me, and, and maybe that too uh, uh, was was difficult for her to. Why she being other than me? Probably that was difficult for her, difficulty for her to say, able to listen to me, you know, because it's like David and Goliath now. Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know what? We're going to put a semicolon here <laughs> as well because uh, we want to continue this great story of forgiveness, grace, and mercy uh, next broadcast. But let's have a quick word of prayer. Mm-hmm. Heavenly Father, we thank you for your uh, mercy expressed in so many ways. We pray that we would um, receive that with gratitude and then dispense mercy to others for the honor and glory of your name, Lord. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. It's time for answers to your questions. We urge you to take a moment and get a pen and paper and take down the references used so that you can do your own study later on. We here at Echoes of Calvary are always excited to receive your letters of support and your questions, which we seek to answer right away and also here on the show. You can send us your letters at eocradio at gmail.com. That's eocradio at gmail.com. Today, Pastor Elliot draws from Carl Laney's excellent book, Answers to Tough Questions. This book was published back in 1997. And once again, here is Pastor Robert Elliott. I have a question that comes to us from Mark, chapter 16 and verse 16. Mark 16, 16 reads Jesus' words, He who has believed and has been baptized shall be saved, but he who has disbelieved shall be condemned. And so the question is, do you have to be water baptized in order to be saved? A fancier way of asking the same question is this, is baptismal regeneration taught in Mark 16, verse 16? Here's the answer. The words of Jesus, he who has believed and has been baptized shall be saved, may lead someone to think that baptism is necessary for salvation. 
However, the very next phrase reveals clearly that this is not the case. Jesus goes on to say in the same sentence virtually, but he who has disbelieved shall be condemned. The only basis for condemnation is a refusal to believe. There is no condemnation for failure to be baptized. It may be concluded then that the only basis for salvation is belief in Christ, not belief and baptism. While baptism does not save, that is not to say that baptism is unimportant. The New Testament knows of no true believer that was not baptized in water. Those who believed were identified with Christ and his local body of believers by water baptism. See Acts 2, verse 41, Acts, 2, Acts 8, rather, verses 36 to 38, Acts 16, 31 through 33. So whereas water baptism does not save, we could say that water baptism publicly announces that a person has already been saved. We want to conclude this Echoes of Calvary broadcast with a Puritan prayer. The Puritan prayer, a present salvation. Creator and Redeemer God, author of all existence, source of all blessedness, I adore thee for making me capable of knowing thee, for giving me reason and conscience, for leading me to desire thee. I praise thee for the revelation of thyself in the gospel, for thy heart as a dwelling place of pity, for thy thoughts of peace toward me, for thy patience and thy graciousness for the vastness of thy mercy. Thou hast moved my conscience to know how the guilty can be pardoned, the unholy sanctified, the poor enriched. May I be always amongst those who not only hear, but know thee, who walk with and rejoice in thee, who take thee at thy word and find life there. Keep me always longing for a present salvation in the Holy Spirit who comforts and rejoices, for spiritual graces and blessings, for help to value my duties as well as my privileges. May I cherish simplicity and godly sincerity of character. Help me to be in reality before thee as in appearance I am before men, to be religious before I profess religion to leave the world before I enter the church, to set my affections on things above, to shun forbidden follies and vanities, to be a dispenser as well as a partaker of grace, to be prepared to bear evil as well as to do good. O oh God, make me worthy of this calling, that the name of Jesus may be glorified in me and I in him. Amen. You've been listening to Echoes of Calvary, a radio ministry of Calvary Bible Church, Nassau, Bahamas. Our morning worship services are at 8 a.m. and 11 a.m. in our sanctuary located on Collins Avenue. We encourage you to join us. Feel free to write us at Radio at gmail.com that's eocradio at gmail.com or 
P.O. Box N16 84 Nassau Bahamas and remember everyone needs a savior